When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the sound of the horn. Welcome to an all-new, exciting Clipcast. I'm your host, Chris Cowild, still on injured reserve, probably going to get back into podcasting form somewhere around the All-Star break. With me, all the way from his home studios, the Dawn Patrol studio in Burbank, ladies and gentlemen, it's Burbank Hank, everybody. That's right. This is Burbank Hank. Couldn't be happier to be playing above 500 basketball, Clippers Winning Nation. basketball. Woo! Winning basketball. Woo! I like it. You don't. <laughs> some of those woos sounded less than fired up. We've won two out of three. What W do you want to talk about more? The L word W or the Trailblazers W? I've got so many factoids, each each more interesting than the next, just well, littered with factoids about these matchups. Well, I would love to talk about the the most recent game first, if I could be honest with you. I thought it was a great game. I mean, listen, great defense. A great defensive game. We certainly, I'll I'll tell you one thing. My first takeaway from the victory Mm. over the Portland Trailblazers, first of all, three and one versus the Trailblazers means we've got the tiebreaker. We've got the tiebreaker versus them. Uh, So that is very nice. The other takeaway I have is that nothing is going to stop Reggie Jackson from shooting another three. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's got those Jamal Crawford style like scrape the rafters, teardrop, high arcing shots. Maybe not quite the same shooting percentage, but yes, he sure does. And just the confidence, seven of 19 from the field at one point, one of nine from three, but a three when it counted near the end. You know, we, we were, I really felt like we were getting a lot of turnovers on them uh, in the game, which I really liked. We had 13 turnovers um, in we our game, 13 which is turnovers. not great. But they had, but they had eighteen turnovers, and, and oh, that's more. And I want to say they may have had like ten turnovers in the first quarter, or something crazy like that. Like, we they were turning the ball over like crazy. We were getting deflections and steals and blocks. Uh, at one point, Hartenstein blocked um, Nurkic's elbow Nurk with his chin. He blocked Nurk his elbow with Merc. his chin and nearly got oh, yeah. knocked out. Uh, but I thought we played really nice defense and weren't shooting the ball great, but then we just seemed like a completely different team in the final 90 seconds of basketball. Yeah, that final stretch, Paul George, four for four, shooting eight points, and one assist that led to three points. So there you go. That's 11 points in the final five minutes of the game, thanks to the great Paul George, who my takeaway, and this is my first factoid to razzle and dazzle you with, is that PG-13 versus the Trailblazers – might be rated NC seventeen. Might be TVMA because oh, what's his he record? is it's pretty great. Twelve right? and one. No, in his last thirteen versus the Trailblazers. Whoa. Paul George is their daddy. Wait, He's their daddy. That's my, favorite, that's my favorite NBA riff meme. Is people each other's daddies when they beat yes. them. <laughs> when like Paul George is like a, is like. <laughs> 
photoshopped his <laughs> face a on a father or mother's face, holding a baby, and then they photoshopped Nurkic's <laughs> face bit. on the baby. Oh, I love that bit. Their father and their father was there. I want I- you to know. Yeah. Oh, whose father was? Oh, oh, oh the Blazers combined father was the there tonight. But what, Paul but what's George. It, didn't somebody's Wikipedia last season get changed where it was like Terrence Mann, <laughs> yes. his father? <laughs> yes, Terrence Mann is the Utah Jazz's father. You're absolutely right. Wikipedia, the internet, once again, undefeated. Undefeated. Wikipedia. That elbow that Nurkic threw in Hartenstein. Hartenstein, what a closer, by the way. But that elbow was not having it. Fratello was so, not I know, having Fratello it. wanted him tossed, and I he was agreed. like, he was like, look, he looked at him, he squared up. Yeah, I don't know about hitting him in the neck area. I think he put him in his chin. I'm like, I, I'm, I think he put it in his throat, which is maybe worse than all those things. But Fratello was, he was hot. I'm telling you, if Nurk, I'm telling you that elbow that Nurkic threw, it was orchestrated. He knew exactly what he was doing. He went over there and threw the elbow out of frustration. And if Markeith Morris. Had done had done that exact play, Marcus Morris would have been thrown out of the game. That's the kind of favoritism that Nurkic has with these refs. If Markeith Morris threw that elbow for Washington, Marcus Morris in L.A. would have been ejected from the game. That's my theory. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of Marcus Morris, didn't he look nice tonight? At one point, we were down six to zero, and it was Marcus Morris made the first two shots for the Clippers. Uh, he ended up with a second. Highest score on the Clippers with 17 points on the night, shooting 7 of 15 from the field. He only went 3 of 8 from 3, but I think we're seeing some really nice stuff from Marcus Morris. Four assists, two steals, uh, two rebounds. I like it. I like Marcus Morris. Oh, yeah, Marcus Morris had 21 points versus the dreaded L word, and we are 1-0 up in the battle, L.A. It's a four-episode war and that battle was won by the good guys and by the way i'm just going to flip that to that first game time playing real them? quick Wait, yes is that it is time? isn't it crazy yes. that we've played a quarter of the season we've only played the lakers one game but we've played all four of our games versus the trailblazers already that's right that's, that's absolutely nice. right and not a single game versus the suns that well, thank goodness i know they're coming Yeesh. up but that game versus the l word we look great. It wasn't. It's funny because Joe, the great Joe Prano, came on and hosted Battle LA while you were off doing one of your. Uh, you know I love him. You sexy know I'm a huge Hollywood fan of, jobs. He's great. You know I'm a huge fan of Prano. Oh yeah, and and the Dirty Sports podcast is really funny. If you love sports, if you love comedy, check out the Dirty Sports com. Uh, the Dirty Sports podcast. Subscribe, five star them. They're great. So anyway, what's nuts is we were both wrong. We both said the Clippers would win, and we're right in that way. But I said Clippers blowout. And Joe said Clippers in a close game. And honestly, we were both wrong because it wasn't a blowout, but it also wasn't a close game. The Clippers led the entire length of that game. They never trailed the L word once in that entire game, Hank. It was beautiful. Well, fair, but their lead, it, you could say it was a close game. I mean, they, after the first quarter, they they won the first quarter by one point. They won the second quarter by two points. They won the third quarter by five points. And they lost the fourth quarter by four points. So th- those aren't huge point differential uh, d- differentials. And I and I'd say it's one a four point game is pretty close. Yeah, Hank. But close games are yeah, a lot of nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah nah because no lead changes. 
I mean, no ties late. I we like it. always had the lead. We kind of beat them handily. Well, we just I didn't know, blow but them they out. Di- they didn't have their biggest star on the court. No, no but they did have. Well, their we did have star. our. We did have our biggest star on the court. No, but we didn't have hey our oh, biggest star. Hey You're being. Hey oh. This is Marion the Contrarian, and that's a real thing, by the way. Yes, Kawhi Leonard's still out. Everything I'm hearing is Wait, that as opposed everything's. To what? Uh, you would have honestly, if I didn't say Mary oh, I, and the I, Contrarian, I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm feeling very nervous, purpose about it. But now that I that's, I that's exactly know, what I'm saying, I you would have said, know "Well, because I'm, I'm curious, curious." I'm Povarian, the Contrarian. Oh, like, now you I'm would feeling say furious. Something. Now I'm feeling furious, Murious. <laughs> that, oh, I'm so angry. I'm you just so it. upset. I hate, hate it. it. Marcus I hate it. Morris went six of nine from three. 33 minutes, 21 points. Oh, yeah. Only How about Serge Ibaka? Did you see Serge Ibaka's line over there from I, I, I Beyond like well. the Arc? Such efficiency. Three Such for efficiency. three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Reggie Jackson, once again, two of seven, six of 16 from the field. He, <laughs> Not doesn't, to care. Shoot. he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Your boy, Nuke Yonards, came in and just lit it up. <laughs> Nuke Yonards, by the way, got the start tonight. I'm very curious about how you felt about Nuke Yonards starting instead of Eric Bledsoe. Obviously, here's the thing. Like, Batum comes back, gets his sea legs back. Obviously, you, you keep Mook because he's hot. I mean, he's gotten... You know, 20 in the last two, 19 tonight before it. So it's like you keep Mook in there. You like Zubat starting. You, you've got a spoil of riches as the backup starter with Serge and Hartenstein. I, I, I really like Nuke Yenards, your boy Luke, Duke Lukem, as the starter instead of Bledsoe. I really liked it. So well, I, starting, I don't know. You're starting to see why our advanced team and our front office wanted Kennard, wanted to sign him to a big contract. You're starting to see it. Well, uh, you were hard on him last year, Hank. Yeah, I was. You're I like, don't... why? Why are we paying him this? He's not. Yeah. Why? He only he only shows up a handful of nights. Yeah, you wanted I, more I consistency. Was very much like that. Well, I was about the paying him so much was that we had signed him to this five year deal before he Sight had ever unseen. put a Clippers jersey on. Right. So that was a little bit more of that. I certainly was disappointed in his performance last year. That is true, but man, he's starting to show it show it now, and tonight he even got six rebounds to go along with it. Oh wow, he is an undersized man for six rebounds. I like that. Owning the glass, Nukinards. Yeah, and Nuke you got to figure too. We got out rebounded. We got out rebounded by almost double digits. I want to say they were like eight or nine more rebounds than we had on the night. Well, they're um, they're big. Nurkic is is Nurk the Merc. He's he throwing great. elbows. He's an assassin. He, he was great tonight, and he, he fouled really out. Was. I believe. 31 points. Maybe he no, didn't foul No, no, out. no, no. He had five fouls. He had five fouls. Okay. Yeah, the czar wanted him tossed, as did I, by the way. He really wanted him tossed. I, I want to – I don't know, man. An elbow to the chin to me is not necessarily a, a flagrant two. I feel like you – It's a head, flag, it's a head flagrant, shot. Yeah, head, it's a chin shot. I, I don't know. It, it was head his shot. elbow to the chin. I think if you're in the air and you sweep somebody's legs out, something crazy like that maybe, or um, I don't know. I, I was know. very intrigued. It wasn't a two to me. I was very intrigued that Hartenstein had two attempts to make one. So he made his free throw. He made his first one, so then he didn't get any more. Yeah. But if he had missed it, he would have gotten a second. That's very, that's very odd, and you don't see that very often in the NBA. So I liked no, it. No, you don't. No, but listen, you you asked me, and we kind of were all over the place because it's great to hear each other's voices, and it's great sure, to hear Sure, back nice in the studios. Clippers win back in our, oh, you know, yeah. in our home studios. Uh, I don't know what to say about Bledsoe. I, I'm glad that Kennard got the start. 
I'm mm. glad, but I'm most of all glad because we've seen it work in the past uh, that our coach Ty Lue is not afraid to bench guys when they aren't performing well. Uh, right. So that's refreshing. We we had a very long stint of a coach who wouldn't make adjustments. Sure, famously would not Stubborn. make adjustments and felt the best. Played his remedy for, the best remedy for everything was to just keep trying the same horse crap that wasn't working in the last three <laughs> games. So it is nice to see a coach who's not afraid. That's right, horse the crap. Same old horse crap. The same old horse crap. My name um, is Morse Map. And the I, think, horse I crap. think there's exceptions. Sorry. I think you let Sorry. guys shoot it out. I think that we we experienced this. I feel like the player we really learned this with first was Jamal Crawford. Like we learned with him that shooters have to shoot their way out of slumps. Um, and maybe it was actually Maddie Boneyard Barnes who it was his shooting. I'm trying to remember which which shooter it was, but for sure with Jamal Crawford we saw it. He would have poor shooting stretches, and you just had to let him keep shooting, and that that's what happens with Jackson. But Jackson also will mess around and get six rebounds and six assists on a night. Um, Jackson ultimately, believe it or not, shooting nine of eighteen from the excuse me, um, seven of nineteen from the field. Had the highest plus minus, which I am always quick to qualify as not a perfect stat. But he had the highest plus minus on our team with plus twenty when he was on the court. Yeah, he's got. Um, he's a great energy guy. He's yeah, he's our he's quarterback. Great energy guy. Like it yeah. or lump it, he's the quarterback. He led our Eric Bledsoe. He led our team in assists tonight. I love it. So I, I like that. It, Hank. But but with Eric Bledsoe. You know, I continue to be disappointed, and I don't really exactly know what the answer is. I feel like he's got this nice little mid-range shot. Um, I feel a little bit like our offense in general is is stagnant and then shooting threes. And when we move the ball, we're great. Uh, but if we're not, if we don't make threes right now, our offense does not work. Well, because I we, like because the mostly fact that what we do is shoot threes. Ty so, Lu is a great in-game adjuster. Sure. And he's got such a deep, talented team that if a guy like Eric Bledsoe as a guard or a guy like Serge Ibaka as a center or power forward isn't connecting on a given night, okay, that's fine because you'll play Isaiah Hartenstein more minutes than Serge Ibaka. You'll play Luke Kennard and Reggie Jackson and Brandon Boston Jr. and Terrence Mann more minutes than Eric Bledsoe. So we've got the guys. And we know here's our leaders, Paul George. Paul George is our fearless leader. He is easily going to be an all-star. He is easily going to be one of the top at least five, probably three MVP vote-getters at the end of the season if all keeps clicking. I have a very interesting conversation that I want to start with you. Oh, okay. Is this finally the end of the Western Conference just dominating basketball and the East being, you know, we used to call it the Leastern Conference and the Bestern Conference. It was yes. the best versus yes. the least. Sure. Well, I'm here to tell you, Hank, there's only five winning basketball teams in the West, but out in the East, multiply that by two, double it. There are 10 winning basketball teams and you were lucky just a couple of years ago to get eight winning basketball teams to be drug into i believe drag past tense to get dragged into the playoffs in the east and meanwhile you have winning basketball teams getting locked out of the playoffs in the west but now i'm here to tell you five winning basketball teams in the west 10 in the east has the pendulum finally swung towards the east oof it's a really good question. I mean, it's certainly the return of the Chicago Bulls 
being really good and the Washington Wizards looking really nice and the Celtics being good, that 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 right there tips the scale in a different direction. Absolutely. Right? The Hornets are a winning basketball team. Uh, the Cavaliers I, I, I mean, are a honestly, winning basketball team. Honestly, in the in the West, the eighth seed team has a rec a winning percentage of 0.478. That's and right. And the team that has a winning percentage of 0.478 in the East is not in the playoffs hunt, and I'm including the play-in round. That's right. It's they're, the they're, 11th seeded They're the 11th seed. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to say. It would be – It'd be. I, I don't have I, – I didn't think of this question before enough to do any research on it, but certainly um, they, they're they not – Golly, that's a stump. Yeah, I really stumped you. I mean, we're tw- there. The winning teams in the East are not twenty and four like the best two teams in the West are. Yeah, I know, but then you expand the scope beyond just two basketball clubs, and it's all East. It's Brooklyn at sixteen and seven, and then there's Utah next to them. So okay, three out of the top four teams are West, but then go down the list, and it's all Eastern Conference teams. The Bulls, the champion Milwaukee Bucks. Hey, Memphis Grizzlies are in there. Miami Heat, Washington Bullets, excuse me, Baltimore Wizards, excuse me, Washington Wizards. The Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia trust the process until Doc Rivers comes up the work, 76ers. The Charlotte, home of the Hive Hornets. And then there's your beautiful L.A. Clippers tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the final four berthed Atlanta Hawks. So I'm here to tell you that out of the 15 winning basketball clubs, that's half the league are winners and half the league are losers. That kind of makes sense. You got 30 basketball teams and half of them win and half of them lose. That kind of makes sense. Kind of. I mean, it's early in the season. But, but two thirds I- of them being in the East doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense based on what we've been dealing with the past 20 years, Hank. Well, I think what I find a little bit more interesting when you compare the West and the East um, is that the last two teams in the standings of the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic and the Detroit Pistons, in their last 10 games are one and nine. Okay, okay. They're, they're one and nine. These are terrible teams. <laughs> yeah. in, in the West, and then by the way, the yeah. rest of the Eastern Conference is four uh-huh. and six or better in the last 10 games. The, uh, the rest of the conference is, <laughs> oh, yeah, al- is almost playing 500 basketball uh, in the yeah. last 10 games or better. Right. In the Western Conference, uh-huh. as I run down the roster, there's yeah. one, two, three teams that are doing worse than four and six. Yeah, oh yeah. So I get, and they're not the worst teams in the league either. Thunder the Denver, lost. The Denver, the Denver Nuggets by are the eight. biggest margin in NBA history. Oh my gosh, that was made nuts. our loss to the Dallas 72? Mavs last season look like 72? no big deal. I think it was more than that, honestly. <laughs> so over seventy. I love that tweet by Jamal Christopher, who said. And and OKC won the trade. And you know the guy only exclusively tweets about the Clippers. And that was just such a great shot to all the morons who think that the OKC Thunder won the trade that gave us Paul George. P.S. Paul George came with Kawhi Leonard. Like, just shut up, everybody. The Thunder is horrible. That team is horrible. They lost by over 70. Maybe because SGA wasn't playing, but that team is garbage. So I think it's very well, interesting. Listen, Hank. You, don't, you don't have to be 
the whole conference doesn't have to be dominant for the for the winner of a conference to win the championship. And in the Western Conference, the the top two teams are better than the top two record wise are better than the top two teams of the Eastern Conference. And the bottom two teams in the Western Conference are better than the bottom two teams of the Eastern Conference. So I'm not exactly. But then everything else, though, in between. I don't know. They're pretty like it's about the same amount of teams that are sub 500. It's about the same amount of teams. Yes, it it is. Yes, it is. If, no, it isn't. If you go listen, I'm going to count four and six or worse teams. Oh, in but the stop! Eastern I'm Conference. not talking about the last ten. I'm talking about the on the season. Forget the last ten. Well, I'm talking about know, on know, the but you season. Can, but you have to count the whole season, and we're only a quarter of the way into this season, and stuff happens as we go on with it. The last ten games are much more indicative of where most teams are than the whole first twenty-two games. Oh, I disagree. I disagree well, entirely. They, they didn't get much of a preseason. And so you're I, I, I just them disagree now. with you. I think if you've got a litmus test of 25 games or 24 games, you know we're we're on to the second quarter here. We're actually kind of like dipping our toe. We're get, we're getting close to the halfway, the true halfway point of an 82 game season. Obviously, no, do we're not. The math. We're getting close to the third way point. Maybe we're at 24 out of 82. That's nowhere near halfway. I, I know, but there's 36 games. Excuse me. There's uh, d- the the math hurts my head. 36 games is halfway. 41 games. There it is. Oh my god, that hurt. Four. My brain is just too fried to do math right now. Even 82 divided by two. 41 games is the halfway point. Yes. All right. We're 25 games ish. 24 games for the most for most of the teams through the season. Yes. That that is definitely closer to the first quarter than the first half. A quarter is in the tank. I, I like to look at the entire quarter, not just the last end. That's just me. The Eastern Conference was so bad for so long. There was a massive movement, Hank. Remember this? When they wanted to just pool all of the NBA teams yeah, and yeah. have one play 16 and two play 15 yep. so that it would be more competitive because that's how bad the East was for so many years. I mean, they are that actually had movement. Other. What's really fascinating to me, honestly, in the in the comparison – um, and I promise I won't keep coming up with new things I notice because again, you caught me off guard with this. No, no, notice new things. What's super fascinating about the East versus the West is that the number ten team is four games back from the one spot. Oh, yeah, and in that the West, the that number ten team is like ten games, ten games back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, nine, like nine, it's, it's yeah. and and the oh, number three oh, team is three oh, and a half my. games back from the two teams that are tied <laughs> yeah. for first versus one game. So it's definitely. Like, I look at the West, and man, I'm terrified of the Warriors and the Suns. I think it, it's really easy at this point to say that's your Western Conference matchup. And no, it's, in the finals, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, yeah. no, because no, not if Kawhi comes back. We're the we're the most dangerous. Sure, sure. We're the if, most dangerous lower seed team. If, ifs and buts were candies history. and nuts. Oh, stop! Uh, He's coming back. Oh, he's coming back. No, I know, I, I know he's coming back, but we're talking about right now, and I'm telling you that Steph Curry looks next level, and the yeah, Suns are the crazy. The Suns are crazy. I'm, I'm very happy that Ty Lue benched. I'm just going to get off this real quick. Yeah. I'm yeah, very happy on. that Ty Lue benched Paul George for that game before the L-Word matchup because I, I couldn't stop screaming about the fact that we had – I think it was four games in six days to their one game in six days. And I was screaming to anyone who would listen, that's just not fair to have four games in six days and that's play terrible. an opponent who has one game in six days. So I'm very glad that Ty Lue benched Paul George in that 
horrible game that we lost. I was at that game, and it was a total turd and a total bummer versus the Sucktown Queens. But I like the fact that Ty Lue looked at big picture and said, nah, you know what? This is a rivalry. This game is more important. It's Friday night. It was going to be on ESPN until it was bumped for the Suns-Warriors rematch, which I kind of thought was funny. And so I love that Ty Lue benched those guys. Benched that guy, Paul George, and it worked because Paul George was a huge hero versus the L word. I, I, I know that it's kind of a broken record thing to complain about, but the five games in seven days that I just read online from Sabrina Merchant, French Jeopardy champion, that the Clippers had five five and sevens this season. I only counted four, but I looked just as I just looked at at the other California teams, because obviously, you know, we are the California Cup holders. The great California Cup, we're the last team standing in California every year wins the California Cup. We've got it back. It's been decades since Sacramento had it. But I looked at the other teams in California. Sacramento had two five and sevens that I could see. L Word won. Warriors won. That's just not fair. Hank. It's not fair. It's just not fair. It's really not fair. I, 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 I don't know what else to say about it. Except and we don't play particularly fair. well in those stretches. And you can't really get on the guys for not playing particularly well in those stretches. No, you can't. I mean, you also we also just had a postseason where every single matchup had an asterisk. Like I right. saw I saw a Suns fan tweeting out, you know, the Suns were unstoppable till they had an injury, and the only reason they <laughs> lost in the finals is because they is because they had. It turns out Chris Paul had a nagging. First of all, nagging. First of all, Chris Paul was in every game. Yeah, nagging injury is not the same thing as missing two starters. But yeah. but the, what was more glaring than the revisionist history of the Suns and Four Suns right. fan was the idea that that's literally how the Suns got through the Lakers and the Clippers. Yep. Like that's it. Yep. That's how they got through everybody. Was that there were key people injured? Denver. Uh, yeah, they that, swept Denver. That's how they got through everybody. Was that every team had an injury? And Big so. Time. So then it's I, I can't remember who said the quote. I hear it all the time on PTI. You know, it's that's my favorite sports show, other than Clipcast. Um the answer, <laughs> the answer to all your questions, my friend, is money. And so in one hand, I understand why they want as many games as possible and as many nights as possible, and you're trying to do scheduling and all these things. But how is it not hurting your product to not have full strength teams? And obviously people are gonna get injured. They're yeah. going to get injured. That's just the human body. It's a game, yeah, yeah. But they're really going to get injured if you're playing five games, five in, games seven in seven days. days. Like so that's not how the body works. The body has yeah. to be able to rest. And so this isn't. It's not like there's just. It's not like baseball where it's just pitchers you have to rest. It's right. the entire team pounding up and down the court, banging bodies, and getting hurt. Even more respect to Ty Lu for having to deal with a schedule that very few other coaches have to deal with. You, yeah. you look at the breakdown, and the Portland Trailblazers are the only other team that has to deal with as many five and sevens as us. And literally, there are teams in the league, I want to say there's eight off the top of my head, that don't ever have to do it. So those lucky coaches don't have to deal with it. But meanwhile, Ty Lu, not only is he a great in-game coach, but he's a great week-to-week coach because he can take a look at that schedule and go, holy crap, we got five mother-loving games this seven-day calendar week. Okay, well, PG, you're going to sit out this one, so you're ready for that one. And it worked. Now, it's it's been a bummer that 
you know, look, I love the fact that we've won two out of three. I love the fact that we beat the L word. I love the fact that we clinched the season series versus Portland, which could come up maybe. I don't know. I don't see Portland as being knocking on our back door, but they could. I love the fact that we're still top six. I love that we're winning. I love that we're top five in the Whoa, West. Well, buddy, we're only a half game out of the play-in. I know we're that. We're only a half game out of the, of the play-in, and the Portland Trailblazers right now are 10th. They're at the bottom of the play-in, so there is Tons. a world where we could end up seventh and having to play them, and we'll be glad we had the tiebreaker. Oh, absolutely. That We only have a two-game cushion in front of them, but I've got Memphis in my sights. That's who I want. I want to be in that top four. Utah in my sights. Uh, personally, I know Golden State and Phoenix make you very imperious and make you very purvis. You're mocking I me, and that's making think... me, that's making me furious. Murious. <laughs> Murious is again. <laughs> where did you grow up? No, that's my middle name, Henry Murius Dittman. <laughs> that. Makes me upset. <laughs> I hope it doesn't make you furious. Like Jim Henson's Muppets. <laughs> Muppets. So I personally think one of those teams, Warriors or Suns, will come back down to earth. Oh, Only man. one nope. of them. I don't think may. so. I mean, they cannot keep this rate up. They Dude. are both not going to be seventy win teams or sixty five win teams. That they're literally on a on a. Pace yeah, they're twenty and to four. To be both seventy of them. That's win teams, that's just not happening. Whoa. They're not gonna both be know, seventy they're, they're, win you're gonna teams. Throw, you're gonna throw Clay Thompson in there with Steph Curry playing the best ball of his life. I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't seven even and pick... two on the road, nine and two on the road. I, again, I, I I come on this show and my predictions are famously wrong so I take it with a great <laughs> well, they're salt. gonna be they're gonna be famously wrong when you pick 82 and 0 every season but i went on joe prano's the dirty sports podcast because they decided over there that christmas day is the unofficial nba season tip-off that's the they do their NBA kickoff on Christmas, and they consider these first 30 games that they play before Christmas as preseason, and then the real season starts in Christmas. Here's why I think that's kind of a hill of beans and a bunch of crap, because I went on the Dirty Sports podcast on Christmas Day and talked to my good friend Joe Prano and looked at the record two seasons ago and saw that then the Raptors were number two and then the Warriors were number one, and that was – year five of that warrior kind of dynasty, proper dynasty. And I said Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors is going to the finals versus the Warriors and going to win. I was able to look at it on Christmas and pick it. So I can look at it right now just a couple of weeks before Christmas and tell you that Chicago, Brooklyn, and the champs Milwaukee, those three got, those three teams are for real, and those three teams can compete in a seven-game series versus either the Warriors or the Phoenix Suns. I don't think they're just locked in. I don't think they're locked in as your Western Conference Finals because Kawhi could come back and cause a lot of problems for one of those two squads, hopefully not having to face both. Hopefully the math will help us and we'll only have to face one of them. But I'm not sold on Warriors Phoenix as your NBA champions. Like You've already got the ticker tape parade. You've already mapped out the route route from Scottsdale to Oakland and you think it's championship or bust for NoCal and Arizona. I can hear you over there, Hank. Well, I'll tell you right now, if we don't have Kawhi Leonard back by the end of the season going into the playoffs, there's no way that we even compete against the Golden State Warriors as they stand right now. There's just no way. 
You know, they're oh, yeah. averaging eight po- eight more points a game than we are, and Steph Curry seems unreal. And they have a lot of weapons around him, so when he doesn't shoot great, they still win games. That's right. what's and, what's unsettling. And Clay and Clay Thompson coming back. Makes and we, me- we haven't looked we haven't looked particularly good against them. We looked better in our first game than our second. We hung in there for the first half of that second game, kind of fell apart in the third quarter. I wouldn't, and they ran say, away I wouldn't say we've looked that dominant against anyone, but to be fair, Serge Ibaka just is barely back, and something doesn't exactly seem to be right. He didn't play for most of the game versus Portland. Well, uh, I thought that was Marcus I, Morris, I personally thought because Hartenstein had such a good night that Lou went with Hart and, and Serge wasn't feeling it. Because Serge maybe, had that three for three from behind the arc. Maybe hopefully it's, hopefully it's not some nagging anything else. But Marcus Morris is only just now getting back. Yeah, and I think Marcus Kawhi Morris out. I think Marcus Morris is back. I mean, that's three games in a row where he has been absolutely extra productive. He's key for us. And now Batum has apparently is playing with uh, the Agua Caliente Clippers as part of his rehab. So oh, we need is, Batum. Batum is coming back around. It's easy to forget Batum uh, because he's less of a flashy name unless you're a diehard Clippers Nation member like you, our loyal listener, who loves and knows that Nick Batum was quite possibly the most important signing for us at the end of last season. We got absolutely. him. We kept him. We kept Reggie. The offseason, yeah. uh, but Nick Batum coming back is huge for us. Yeah, uh, I mean, Because we have big stretches where we just need a bucket, and he plays great both sides of the ball. I don't know what kind of weird French COVID strain he got, but he has not been available for a long time. What's funny is, and it's not funny, it's really annoying. It actually wasn't that many days. It was just because we had so many damn games during that short stint of days that he was battling COVID-19 or he tested positive for COVID-19. I know for a fact he had multiple vaccinations. I, I, he actually, as a French knight, you're due six or seven vaccinations. So you can be more vaccinated if you're a French knight. I know that. But the French knight returns, I believe, Wednesday night versus the Celtics. We weren't playing very good basketball without Batum. We lost four out of six in a six-game stretch. We lost five out of eight in that eight-game stretch without Batum. We really need Nico Batum back, and he's coming back Wednesday night versus the Celtics. I'll be at that game, Hank, and I never like playing Boston because it's always about 60-40 Clippers-Celtics fans. Sometimes it feels more like 50-50. There are some nights where it feels like they outnumber us. And well, they're the loud. They're loud. Real loud. They're, they're just real in loud. general loud people. And they needed, oh, yeah. they, and they wanted to get out of they wanted to get out of Boston and come to beautiful sunny Los Angeles. You can't blame them. Absolutely, you can't blame no, them. Boston's, I mean, the Clippers. Town. Owner. I love Boston as a town for what it's worth. The Boston uh, Celtics cold. owner himself wanted to get out of Boston, swapped franchises with then Buffalo Braves owner, and then moved the Braves to San Diego. The Celtics owner took his new toy, the Braves, to San Diego and turned him into the Clippers. Still the nuttiest sports fact. But, yeah, I get wanting to leave Boston. And, yeah, I get being loud once you're out of Boston. But how about not so loud about, yeah, Boston's great there, brother. Hey, guy, pal. Boston, Boston. If it was so great, why did you leave is my question, Sully <laughs> except or you, Chappie. Except you don't ask that question to these loudmouth Boston fans because you don't like to fist fight. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I have teeth, and I want to keep yeah, them. Yeah, I'd like to keep it that teeth. way. No, thanks. No, thanks. Oof. Yeah, Hank, uh, I you know, we've got to get back to that winning stretch. Look, I don't think we're going to 
always win seven in a row. I, I totally understand that maybe a seven-game win streak is not going to happen every 10 games or so. But, man, we need to start keeping it cooking. We need Nico Batum back. I like the two out of three wins. But I'm here to tell you that I do I do not like, for the record, Hank, only having five wins, okay, in our last 15 games that's just not going to do it in the no, west no 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 that's not even great. though the west isn't as good as the east anymore well the good news is that 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 will be night two of a back-to-back for the celtics they play the lakers the I night like before that. i do um, like that jason tatum has been pretty great this season i want to say he leads the team in points and rebounds uh, but they're you know they're gonna have to play hard against those lakers and we're gonna get them on the second night and we're gonna be at home and they're gonna be on the road so, you know, I like us. I like us versus the Celtics. How do you Excuse feel like that me. game's going to go? I do have to make an in-show addendum, okay? We've actually won five of our last PG-13 games, not 15. Oh, it's we... so much better than you thought it was. But, I mean, you also <laughs> don't like the Clippers. Uh, and you're won always, seven you're always, you're always out of our last lies 15. About them. <laughs> We've won seven out of our last 15, which is still not winning enough. you got to win no, more than you No, it's not winning lose. enough, but it is and better than one out of three games. Um, I always like I always like when the stats are spread around a little bit. I like that, it, that Zubats is leading our team in rebounds. But Paul George is averaging pretty close to the same amount of points per game as Jason Tatum, and, Reba, and uh, Zubats is averaging pretty close to the same amount of rebounds per game. Uh, as Jason Tatum. Um, so I like that. Uh, I also really love tonight that we got seven blocks and they all came from two players. Uh, that, oh. yeah, I find that very exciting. I'm going to say Hartenstein had three blocks. and Zubats I was going to say it's got to be Hart. Oh, uh, Hart and Zoo. Wow. And, and Zoo had four. And Nurkic only had one block. And the eye test. He had you, too much heavy lifting. But but to me, to block. The, the eye test. Yeah, the eye test for me, you I would have gone the opposite way. Nurkic seemed like he was so dominant on Zoo. He seemed like, but Zoo really battled him. He really yeah. battled Nurkic tonight. I like what I saw at a Zoo tonight. In a big and I way. think I think Hartenstein's lankiness and movement kind of threw Nurkic. Obviously, oh, Nurkic his dunk was great. Nurkic was their guy, right? I mean, Nurkic, the, their top three guys are Dame, C.J. McCollum, and Nurkic. And they obviously were missing their top two dudes. Yeah, that's an important point to make. They're missing and their so, top two dudes. So Nurkic was the guy that the every play was going through Nurkic. And it made sense, and they stayed relatively close until we just kind of ran away with it at the end when Nurkic made a mental mistake and literally played Street Fighter. All of a sudden you can't started play Street doing— Street Fighter, it's, this is— basketball it's nba basketball he started street doing fighter game some yeah he was playing street fighter this isn't a sega genesis <laughs> you know you do you know what um do you know what video game system i had growing up sega genesis no i had deactivision it was for the slow kids it was called all oh, right it was just a, it was just a blank screen and my parents were real worried about me they, <laughs> they still <don't> are <laughs> They put me in a room without corners, <laughs> and they turned on my deactivation machine. <laughs> Stupid. It's a real weird bit. It's a real weird bit. I'm only laughing because I'm so uncomfortable, and I want the viewers to not feel as uncomfortable as I am. The listeners, really. 
Well, uh, mostly it's their view. I mean, if they close their eyes, they can see the show with their hearts. So we're in the top six, which is exactly where we need to be to entice Kawhi back to this team to make that crazy postseason well, run. Well, he certainly that you know. is not. He's certainly not so hurt that he can't go see MMA fights. That's I mean, he's right. out there traveling and doing stuff. He's with the team. Oh, my team. gosh. He, he, kind of, he be, dropped an album. Seems to be he having a great time on the sideline. Seems to really like, – I don't know. But I, I I think he comes back this season. I definitely oh, do. Absolutely. Oh, I 100%. I had, uh, I had Will, Will the Opinion Updike from Locked On Clippers podcast on the show, and I asked all these great Clipper minds the same question, when do you think Kawhi will come back? And ooh, I did not like the opinions. Opinion, Hank. Ooh, he said he felt like he wouldn't come back. He said he wasn't coming back. He was the only one who said that, by the way. Well, I asked you know, Justin it, Russo. Yeah, go on. Players are thinking about their future, and you never would have had a situation ten years ago where a player would have missed two and a half seasons like Clay Thompson has, and they would keep at it and they would come back. It I just mean, you w- say it that they're thinking about their future. Okay, well, think about your future. future. Think about your, but okay, what I'm saying, think about your immediate future. Kawhi Leonard, you just get the Clippers to the finals. You just get them there. Obviously, I want them to win, but now all of a sudden, you have literally catapulted yourself into a category of NBA player who, especially if they win, say he wins a championship with the Clippers, say he's an NBA finals MVP with the Clippers. Then all of a sudden, it's just like, what, him and LeBron James who have done it on three different teams. There's an, I don't know if there's another guy. I don't know if there's another guy who's done it three times. So if Kawhi Leonard thinks about his immediate future, he looks at this team that's been fighting and clawing to be in the top six all season long, and his rehab is going well. And now he doesn't have to look at an 82-game workload. He's looking at the playoffs, which have no back-to-backs. He can load manage till he gets to the playoffs. I don't ever see Kawhi Leonard doing G League rehab like Nico Batum and Serge Ibaka. But I, I, there's something about this team and this guy that could buck that Kawhi Leonard, oh, I'm going to be safe and not sorry, because he, he's got a chance to do something Absolutely special. I, I know he's long term. He's here for another four seasons or whatever it is. So I, I see what you're saying, long term future. Well, I'd just be safe and I'm just going to come back. But man, 82 games is such a long, dragged out season. Whereas you come back with a top six team, guys you know you have chemistry with, they didn't really change the squad up very much, if at all, Hank. So. I don't know. There's something to be said about taking a look and going, I could come back with these with these guys, play 15-10 out of the last 20, and really make a run and cement myself as one of the greatest of all time. The only thing that you just said that I disagree with is that I don't think Kawhi Leonard is thinking at all that a top priority is getting the Clippers to the finals. Because of what you just said, he's won rings with multiple teams, and what he cares about is getting a ring with the Clippers. And I think that he wouldn't come back if what he felt was, um, I'm just healthy enough to get us into the finals. He would come back knowing I'm healthy enough to see us through the entire postseason. So I personally think he won't come back until he's 100% healthy, but your own reasoning is about about the his 
past as a player and his legacy as a player, although I get annoyed when people use that expression about players who are still playing, who cares about your legacy, just play games and win championships, is that I, I think it's not about just now breaking the breaking into another conference game or breaking into no. the finals. For him, it is about, am I going to be healthy enough to play full speed, full strength, and win a chip? And so okay. that's that's the only that, but it's semantic. Um, I no. do think he'll come back. I do think he's going to be healthy enough to do it. I just don't think for him it's about. Wouldn't it be great to help the Clippers stop the haters from saying we've never made sure. the finals? Because the next thing they'll say is you've never won the chip. Now you you see how you turned my own words against no, me. No, I to didn't. Prove your point. But, no, but, okay, I didn't. So, I told no, you, you took I agree my with words. You. He is coming right. back, and I right. used your words and reminded yes. you that you are. But a, one. That, that you're, one that, could say you turned my words, okay? <laughs> one could say against that. me. I could say okay. you're turning my words against so, me right now. So now, one would never say, "Well, I'm a Turner like Murner," okay? Because Murner is not a person's name. Well, but they you might say, say I'm, I'm I'm Turner Werner. Werner is no, a name. Yeah. No. Again, they would say I'm Turner like Ike and Tina Turner. I'm Turner like Ted Turner. I'm Turner like Janine Turner from the show Northern Exposure on CBS with Joel Fleischman, a New York fish out of water doctor in Alaska. You would never say I'm Turner like Werner, Werner, Turner, Murner. Well, now That's you're making me want to now. Now, now say. listen. Now listen. Now you're making me want to say that I could go tuck myself while you go and. <laughs> Muck. I won't do it. Muck I really myself. have enjoyed that we haven't sworn on the show. We don't have to put the parental rate. I don't like all the swearing on on podcasts. A Joe Brinkos episode. <laughs> was a, no, every filthy. other. I think every it's other filthy. Clippers. I think every other Clippers podcast is filthy, filthy. gutter talk. They're having fun. It's it, they're, they're having, having a lot fun. of fun. But I fun. Mean, we know for a fact that we have young it's listeners. It's a family show. It's a family show. The content the is, is filthy. A program. The content is filthy, but the vocabulary I, is highbrow. Two things before I let you go back home, even though you're at your home studio. One. When Ty Lu gets the Clippers, I gotta walk fifty feet from the guest house. Fifty to the house. whole feet. Oh no! It might no, be more. No. It might be seventy feet. Well, we'll never know. I guess we're just gonna have to take you at your word, like a big old turd. All right. So, Ty Lu, Coach Ty Lu, was able to win a championship in a city that hadn't won a professional sports championship in decades in Cleveland. Not not just the fact that the Cleveland Cavaliers had never won an NBA championship, but the whole entire city hadn't won a championship since the Browns and Jim Brown or something. And I don't even think it was a Super Bowl. Maybe it was called something else. I, don't quote me. I have no idea. This is not Browncast or Cleveland talk. But it Ty Lue was able to do it. Has it has been now. for the last couple of minutes. I know. It's exhausting. Ty Lue was able to do something spectacular in Cleveland as a coach. So he leads the Cavs to their first championship, to the city's first championship in decades. If he does the same thing in L.A., if he leads the Cavs and the Clippers to their first franchise championships, he he is in very special echelons. Like, top, top, top coach. He's got to be talked about as one of the top ten coaches of all times. And I, and I know we're talking about 75 years, 75 players in 75 years. Nobody's talking about coaches because there's only like, you know, there's Phil Jackson, there's Red Auerbach, there's Popovich. There's only like a handful of guys that have done it multiple times. But to do it multiple times with multiple dogged franchises, that's got to just bump you up the list. He has to be bumped up higher than guys that have won, that have won two rings. He's got to be higher than Spolstra, for example. 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like traffic. Hey, traffic uh, on the five. I don't so know. I don't know. If, listen, I don't know if that puts him top ten, but it certainly puts him as the number one coach the Clippers have ever had. Oh sure, he's uh, already and, there now. And 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 again. Look, we both love Dunleavy and hated the fire Dunleavy chance, but we haven't seen a great run of incredible Clippers coaches. Um, as far Just as Doc, it, certainly, I'll say this because that's not, it's not entirely fair because Doc Rivers got us further than we had been um, and, and gave us some winning seasons for a great stretch of time. Now, he, he, had, he had gotten us as far as we'd ever been, but, not but, further, as far. But this is the first time we're really seeing the basketball IQ, the coaching IQ of a coach who really makes great adjustments in game, in series. And certainly he doesn't have anywhere near the rings that say Popovich does, but it makes me think of Popovich just in his, his mental acumen and savvy of making moves and making changes and looking at matchups. So, but yeah, you know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm trying to think who would be the next franchise that you could you could that he could move to that would be as bad as the Cavs and the Clippers. I mean, who, the Clippers. Who's the, the next like, trash franchise um, that he could I mean, go in a ring with? Who else just is saw, terrible? We just saw. We just saw last the Pelicans. Who just we just the saw Pels. last season. We just saw last season when we got to our first conference finals, and there were like teams in all of professional sports to have the longest drought to get to the conference finals. And it was us by decades. Like it was us by a long shot. We were in the fifties and then the next closest was in the thirties in another sport. So, all right. The last thing I want to talk about, and I thought this was a great episode. So great to just hear your voice. So great to get the guys back on Clipcast. I just love this show. And I know you're a big PTI guy, but I'm more of a Clipcast fan. So, so <laughs> but you love Tony and you love Wilbon, you know, and so you love Dittman and Wild, Burbank Hank and Wild. On a lot, of, a lot of people call us the Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon of oh. NBA podcasting. I call Wilbon. Fine, <laughs> it's all good for me. I'll take either one. I love them so both. So I got into a very wonderful debate with at I underscore Shelly with an I, two L's. And her name is Clippers versus everybody. Yes. Clippers versus everybody. She made some everybody. great she made some great points. I know. Yeah. I know. I at I dot Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-I. Everybody follow at I underscore Shelly. She, you know, she listened to our last episode and I said, and I feel like I know where you stand on this, but I definitely want to hear it right from the horse's mouth. And you got a mouth like a horse. Well, a lot horse. of people call me Standy Mandy. Why? Why? <laughs> where you stand? Why would they ever say that? Well, they say so, it. <laughs> no. So I thought, well, if Blake Griffin's getting no minutes on the bench in Brooklyn, why doesn't he just come over to L.A. and get no minutes on the bench here at the Clippers. So I underscore Shelly Clippers versus everybody had some great points. And she was like, absolutely not. No, thank you. Let's move on. What's the point? Was he really a great locker room guy? If he's punching people in the, in the jaws, breaking hands and having to sit out for weeks, like, was he a great glue guy? Look what we accomplished. So she has a valid point. I put it up to Clipper Nation on Twitter. Where should Blake 
be benched right now on the Nets or on the Clippers. Now, not shocking. Over 80% of Clipper Nation said he should be on the Clips and not the Nets. So I want to know where you stand and, and you know, what you think about I. Shelley's points of, was he that great for us? Uh, I'm always going to love Blake Griffin. Of course. Uh, he's my favorite athlete. Of all time. Of all time. And my favorite yeah, Clipper. Too. And Yeah, mine too. Uh, of I, all time. I don't think... I don't think that we should be filling bench spots with the idea of keeping them on the bench. And I don't know I don't know that his position is a position that we need necessarily to beef up knowing what the shortcomings are with his, with his body at right. this point. So I mean, so he would be the four and that's Marcus Morrison, that's Nico Batum, two very able-bodied guys that you wouldn't ever want to give Blake Griffin their minutes. I mean, now that said Blake Blake's a great passer and sure. all of that, but I I don't think I mean, that I feel you'd like you'd rather have Hartenstein on the floor than Blake Griffin. Yeah, look, I love Blake Griffin. This it's a, it's a very challenging question. I just don't think in the world of making moves to make our roster better, we bring in our favorite player that in fact what we'd rather do is sit around and have a drink with right uh, than really have him sitting on our bench. Um, I mean, you look at DeAndre Jordan on the L word not getting any minutes. Oh my gosh, and rightly so. I guess he did start the other night. Or yeah, and he stupid. wasn't great. And he wasn't I don't know great. What the, I don't know what that team's doing, and, and I genuinely. Oh, hate I know. I know what they're see, doing. They're, I would see their implosion. I I potentially was super wrong, and you and the rest of America was potentially super right that the age is an issue, and that Brody, yeah. um, Russell Westbrook, is not a fit. And the only the only kind of offense he fits into is an offense in which he gets triple doubles and runs the ball and runs the offense and and has to he has to have his hands on in the a ball. losing effort. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. But we experienced that over and over again during the Blake Griffin, you know, double double race and the Elton Brand making the All Star because of his great numbers. But at, what what do you sacrifice for one sure. player to get a well, triple double? Means a yeah. lot more players are not going to get points in order for you to get your triple double. And they're not going to get other stat lines. Yeah, and you were pretty high on Melo over there, and I just, I just, those guys are so old. I know Melo's shooting nice. He does still have a great stroke. Not anymore. Nah, yeah, but he, he, uh, I'm telling you that he's streaky, streaky NBA basketball. So he's, he was streaking hot in the first ten games, and he's streaking cold but, in his last so, 10, 15 so, games. So hold on, let me let me just go back and wrap up my feelings about Blake. Yeah. If it really was, we have a bench spot. And we need someone to come on and sit on that bench spot, and we don't need them. Leader in the locker room. If we had a completely, I don't know if he is a leader in the locker room. I don't know that he's that. I, 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 I've never felt like Blake Griffin is a leader in the locker room. A leader of, I think he's a guy who is quiet and makes dunks, and he leads by getting dunks. I don't think he's ever been the guy who's like rallying the troops. No, Chris Paul was the leader. Yeah, Uh, but I, I, I think if we were a perfectly healthy team. And it, right. we just could spare healthy butts and seats. I'd be like, yeah, let's get Blake Griffin in here. It'd be so fun to have him. It'd be so fun to have him come off the bench and throw a great pass and all of that. But we are too riddled you, with injuries and yeah. too inconsistently having guys ready to bring somebody on who's that far past <laughs> his mean, prime. If you choose between who do you want on your bench, Jay Scrub or Blake Griffin, I've got to choose Blake Griffin sure. every single but ha- time. But Brandon Boston tied or surpassed tonight. I can't remember his 
his career yeah. record. Oh, sure. I mean, his short career. But, yes, it was great. It wasn't yeah, quite the 46 still, in the G League. But still great. No, no, no. But Brandon Boston Jr. is due. We Brandon can't afford Boston the Jr. chair. We can't afford I, I the hear seat. You. So, yeah. No, I, but I if, hear but you. If, but, I but if that wasn't the case, if we had plenty of – like, my resistance to Blake Griffin coming back is not – he punched a guy after repeatedly warning him not to say the same thing over and over again. He was going to punch him. I mean, it, I think that she made a really good point. So what? He still punched him. Like, right. how, how about don't say to your friend, hey, don't say that one more time. How about I'm just going to leave if you say that again? Why is it? Have well, to be, I mean, every time you, you say Purvis or Purius, I want to punch you in the but face. If you but, said, I don't, but if you said, but if you said to I me, don't. if you said to me, if you say uh-huh. that one more time, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> you would say it 12 more times. I know, because I know that I could beat you in a fight. <laughs> And but also I know that you'd be curious, <laughs> like furious so, to see I'd if I was so, actually going to hit you. Oh, I'd be, that'd probably be furious, furious, <laughs> furious. Uh, so I, but but I'm but I'm just saying it, we we can't afford this. We can't afford the seats. Uh, no, on you, the so you don't. Bench. So you don't injuries. want Blake. So you don't want Blake Griffin. On not the, the way our team is. It's not that I don't want him on the Clippers. It's just that we can't afford the chair. That's shocking. I mean, it's just shocking. If you were to ever say, here's a hundred bucks, okay? If you tell me Burbank Hank would ever say to you, I don't want Blake Griffin. Oh, I'm not this my is the, Los but Angeles the reason Clippers. I keep the reason like, oh, I keep I can't, quali- I can't the reason I keep bet. qualifying it is because you would never say that. Is because I sort of keep telling you that in a different cer- that the answer is yes. I just know that that's a heart. <laughs> no, no. It's a heart You're decision. Telling me the answer is no. It's a heart and, decision. And I, I, my heart well, says I, I also... always want him. I'm looking at his bobblehead right now. I think also you. I mean, Clippers versus Urbody had a lot of great. Oh my gosh, great points. points. Great points. In that but, text but thread. But also, if you want to listen to stats and basketball facts and figures and Moneyball and all that stuff, there's a bunch of other podcasts that you should argue with. If yes. you want to listen to a couple of homers, you mm. know who who yes. are who love the Clippers more than they like the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> then maybe you should talk to us. And we haven't always we, we don't always make the best decisions. We were, I was one of the ones who, when they were like Jamal Crawford still doesn't have a team. I was like we ought to get Jamal Crawford back, and oh, he sure. hadn't been good for us in the postseason for three seasons. That's why I didn't, no. we didn't keep signing him. Um, no, he yeah he I mean I love Jamal Crawford. He was so great for us. He obviously won two six man of the years with us. He had some great numbers. Great game-winning buzzer beaters he never had a very great playoff run for us he just no, did he was never great in the postseason sucked. yeah so no. all of that to say wrap it all up yeah i would want blake griffin on the bench <laughs> you flip-flopper <laughs> you beach bum with your california southern california i would put on all flip-flops. my i'd put on my blake griffin jerseys and do the clipper stripper dance for him ripping off all my jerseys one at a time griffin in after game griffin after griffin in after game griffin. he'd be able to watch it because he'd be on the bench we know for a fact that his first season that he just completely sat on the entire bench because of an injury that happened in preseason he would sit on the bench and watch us on jumbotron like it was must-see tv like he well, that was he, he that sat was most. There to watch the Tron. That's all anybody watched because that was all there was to watch. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, so great to have you guys back. We've had a lot of episodes the past uh, ten days, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. There's more of that came from, and then obviously I think we're gonna go dark because I'm going to Hawaii for Christmas. I can't wait. So we're gonna take a week off over the Christmas holidays, but we'll be back. 
for New Year's Eve and the new year, and I can't wait to clipcast. Then we'll probably get a couple more clipcasts before I go off the mainland onto the islands. And you know the thing I love the most about Hawaii, which is probably why I'm going to retire out there, Hank, the Clippers are the local team in Hawaii. Oh, because they did training camp there? Because there is no, like, Fox Sports Hawaii. There is no Bally Sports Islands. So when you go to the islands, you get you get San Diego sports stations and Los Angeles sports stations. Okay, so why, so why is it the Clippers and not the Lakers? Well, I mean, I, because I'm a Clipper fan and I absolutely <laughs> despise the L word. I thought about that the other day. My, my, my favorite team, as we all know, is the Clippers. My second favorite team is the Dodgers. I literally love every Southern California professional sports team and genuinely root for them except for the dreaded, hated L word. And, and I truly think it's because their fans are just such jerks. We don't have time at this sweet and tender 59-minute mark of this podcast to go down this path. So no. I would like to invite you to sound the Clippers won the game, Clippers beat the Lakers victory horn. All right, and it's going to sound a lot like it's coming from a conch shell because I'm oh. so excited. Like I blew in the Little the Caesars islands. commercial a few years ago. Yes, that's right. With you and Rain Wilson from The Office. Sure. Who played a character named Dwight Schrute on The Office. You can watch The Office on Netflix. And while you're on Netflix, make sure to check out Prank Encounters. Oh, man, what a great prank show. Prank Encounters on Netflix. And then after that, oh, you got to watch the babysitter movies, the babysitter and the babysitter. Prank. <gasps> Three.